King James's falling apart, so I grabbed a uh, version here. So forgive me if I'm fumbling uh, when we uh, go through some verses here. So, uh, But as James said, we're going through Job 23 tonight. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Lord, uh, just... Uh, just want to come before you this evening, Lord, and it's just as we study Job here, Lord, uh, what a blessing it has been to go through this book, and I pray just as we go through this chapter here this evening, Lord, uh, your Holy Spirit speak to us, Lord, through your word, and uh, Lord, for those that are suffering, going through various trials, uh, may they be encouraged and uh, blessed by your word this evening, amen. All right, so going through Job 23, uh, don't know about you, but personally I've been enjoying the study as we've been going through this book. I know Job uh, is not a book that uh, people generally go to for encouragement or to, um, I guess, have their spirits lifted. It's a very difficult book, but uh, one that I think we can find a lot of value in. So uh, let's begin here. So as we make our way through Job here, we know, obviously, what's the biggest thing we get from? The righteous can suffer, right? The, The righteous suffer. So in Job 23... We have the third cycle of debates between Job and his friends, and uh, starting in verse 1 here, it says, Then Job answered and said, Even today my complaint is bitter, my hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. So here we have Job, he is responding back to uh, Eliaphaz, and he says here, uh, his complaint is still bitter, his hand is, his hand is heavy. On account of his groaning. And uh, he's still suffering here at this time. Um, and in verse uh, 3, Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Uh, very uh, unique here about this book here in uh, Job here. There's various statements of where Job says, Oh, that. Uh, in chapter 6, he says, Oh, that it would please God to crush me. Uh, that was in chapter 6, uh, verses 8 to 10. Uh, chapter 14, Job said, Oh, that you would hide me in the grave. And that was uh, chapter 14, verses 13 through 17. And chapter 19, it says, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in the book. And then, in, um, oh, that they were uh, written with an iron pen. Job here is expressing emotion with those words, Oh, that, to those two words, Oh, that. And uh, in Job 31, uh, let me go there real quick. Job 31, he expresses that in verse... 35, oh, 36 here. Oh, that Job were tried to the utmost because his answers are like those. Oh, sorry. I'm not in 31. Uh, 31. Here we go. 31, 35. Oh, that I had no, oh, that I had one to hear me. Here's my mark. Oh, that the Almighty would answer me. So we see those various words there of, oh, that, and Job is expressing emotion here. Uh, let's proceed on here with verse 4. Uh, that, I would, that I might come to his seat, verse 4, that I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Job here is talking about, you know, he, he wants to meet God face to face here. He wants to present his case before him. 
Uh, and why does Job want to do this? Because if we look at chapter 1, even God, when he was talking to Satan about uh, Job, God called Job blameless. He called him upright. He called him one who feared God and one who turned away from evil. So Job has this confidence. He wants to meet God face to face and present his case before him. Um, verse 6, Would he contend with me in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. There the upright could reason with him, and I would be delivered from my judge. So once again, Job just has this confidence before the Lord to meet him, to want to meet him and present his case before him and um, know that he would be found blameless. And why is that? Because, you know, Job desires to be proven innocent. His friends have discussed what has been going on with him. Job, you must have sinned. We see the various uh, debates that have gone on in the previous uh, chapters here that over the past couple of weeks that we've gone through. Um, and Job desires to be proven innocent, uh, but he has a problem. And it's a problem that we as believers in the Lord experience today. And that problem uh, is expressed here in verse 8. Look, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. So what is the problem that Job's experience here that we have today? It's, it's not really a problem, but it's a characteristic of God. God is invisible. Job can't see him. He's not seeing him work here in this situation going on with his life here. And we experience it today, right? We can't see God. We can't see God. So Job talks about he's going uh, backward, forward, left to the right. He doesn't see him. So God is invisible, but for Job and it's for us, we are not invisible to God. Uh, verse 9, um, excuse me, verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Verse 11, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. So verse 10 mentions the way. He knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. We know Job's way. Job is described as blameless, upright, one who feared God, one who turns away from evil. And Job says, when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. And uh, this immediately, that verse uh, with the word gold in it, uh, we see that um, in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. You can turn there if you like. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 through 9 I'm going to read here. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls." I want you to remember that verse. James talks about uh, refrigerator verses. Uh, as you go through Job here, remember these verses here that we looked at 6 through 9. Because we talked about the problem that Job has here previously in 23, that God is invisible. He does not see God working. And yet here, um, if we look at here in this reference to God here in First Peter, um, verse 8 talks about uh, even though he doesn't see God, he loves him. And that's what Job has as well. That's what Job's faith has expressed here in verse 10. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Why? Because he knows the way that I take. Verse 11, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept this way 
and not turn aside. So Job is steadfast because of his faith and confidence in the Lord, even though he can't see him. And uh, back to that First Peter verse, uh, those verses again, uh, talks about the genuineness of faith being proved out, his confidence um, being refined, his faith being refined and purified in this trial that Job is going through. When he talks about here in verse 10, I shall come forth as gold. Let's see here, verse 11, in, uh, my foot is held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So in verse 11 there, we have, uh, excuse me, I'll take you back to verse 10. Job talks about his way. And then verse 11, um, Job talks about God's way there when he talks about, I have kept his way and not turned aside. Uh, verse 12, not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. So Job here, his way is matches God's way. And uh, that's why he knows that he will be proven innocent. He will be vindicated here in the end. Uh, he has that faith. He has that confidence in the Lord here. At the end of verse 12, though, here, uh, notice how he says here, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And... Uh, Basically, I want to express there tonight through that, that our deepest need as uh, Christians is just to, to have the Word of God. To have the Word of God, to read it, to know it, to study it. Um, if you look at this, and I'm going to take us here at the end um, to the final point here. But um, when we look at these, this verse here in 12, when he talks about, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. If you think about that, who else, who else made a similar statement in that? It's a rhetorical question, you don't have to answer, but Jesus made a similar statement of that in Matthew 4.4, 4, and I'll read that here. Um, and this is when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And Matthew 4.4. 4. I'll start here at verse 1. Then Jesus lit up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Very similar to what Job has just said about how uh, he knew what was most important. It wasn't food, even though Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And in Job's experience with his physical condition... Food would probably have been a great thing to have as well, but he treasured God's word uh, more than that. So why do I bring that up here, that reference here? So I want you to just remember here as we go through uh, Job here in the remaining chapters in the next several weeks, months, however long it takes us uh, to finish here, is that um, the story of Job, it's a, it's a shadow of the greater story of Jesus Christ. And... Um, that's, what I think, why I've enjoyed this book so much as we've gone through it here. I want to read here from a commentary I have here. So remember that key point. The story of Job is a shadow of the greater story of Jesus Christ. And this is a commentary on Job. It's called The Wisdom of the Cross by Christopher Ashe. Here it says, How are we as Christian people to read Job today? It says, The first thing to say is that Job is an extreme book. Job is extravagantly rich wonderfully happy and extremely great. He's not only one among many great men, he's the greatest of all the people of his region. And then his downfall is extreme. He does not go from moderate riches 
to a measure of poverty. He does not go from extravagant riches to, excuse me, he does not go from moderate riches to a measure of poverty. He goes from extravagant riches to absolute destitution. He does not do so gradually. He does so in a day. He does not experience the loss of one child or even two. He loses all ten children, and he does so in a day. This poses a problem for us as we read the book. However deep our suffering, it is like, unlikely that our experience can ever do more than very approximately mere Job's. We have, never been, we have neither been so great as Job, nor so fallen, neither so happy, nor so lonely, neither so rich, nor so poor, neither so pious, nor so cursed. All which points to fulfillment greater and deeper than your life or mine. Job, in his extremity, is actually but a shadow of a reality more extreme still, of a man who is not just blameless but sinless, who is not just the greatest man in a region but the greatest human being in history, greater even than merely human, who emptied himself of all his glory, became incarnate, and went all the way down to a degrading, naked, shameful death on the cross, whose journey took him from eternal fellowship with the Father to utter aloneness on the cross. The story of Job is a shadow of the greater story of Jesus Christ. And it says here, um, the book of Job is a scary book, not like a horror movie, where we can enjoy the scariness knowing that it is not about to strike us, but because of the real understanding that this terrible story may in some way become our story too. Our horror in reading the story of Job is more than empathetic horror. It is a personal horror. So, any questions here before I finish up the chapter? Mr. Todd. Exactly. Um, just for those that didn't hear that, um, uh, Mr. Todd had just explained how when Jesus, uh, before he went to the cross, he had prayed to uh, God the Father saying, you know, if there's any way to avoid this, I, you know, he was praying for that, but he wanted the Lord's will to be done. And same thing here, you know, when I brought up how Job here in this chapter, he talks about, oh, that I could, I could meet God and present my case before him. Job understands here, I think, we're starting to see, and we've been going back and forth on Job, obviously, right? He's had his ups and uh, mostly downs in this chapter as he has been uh, having to present his case to his friends. Um, but Job is realizing here that, you know, he will be vindicated by the Lord, and whatever the Lord has, he, is con- he has to be fine with that. And um, we're going to see that here uh, in the latter part of this chapter here. Anyone else? Exactly. Um, just being steadfast. You know, Job says he is steadfast. My foot is held fast to his steps and uh, staying on course with the Lord. 
And uh, that's one of my final points here um, that I'll uh, talk about here uh, as we end this chapter. But Job was steadfast. And I think that's why I've enjoyed going through this book here. Is we see Job in a time of extreme suffering, how he has handled uh, the situation. And he's handled it uh, in a real fashion, in a real way. Job has uh, talked about wishing that he wasn't born, uh, that he, you know, he wishes he didn't have this life that he is now experiencing. And Job was not okay during what he was going through. And I think sometimes, I don't know, as a Christian, sometimes I think we think everything is supposed to be okay, yet there's points in our life where, where things are not okay. And that's all right. That's all right. And we see that here. That's all right because we know that God is in control. And um, I, I was thinking about this, and uh, you know, I had a conversation with someone here Sunday uh, just about one of their kids and talked about they're going through something that's going to cause some uh, life, life alterations on how they live. And it wasn't bad. It was just something that they were going through physically. They were going to have to alter what they were going to do. And uh, she had stated that, uh, you know, sometimes... It's, it's good to be shaken up. And she didn't say that in a, in a mean way, but shaken up in terms of, you know, God is in control. And I think sometimes we take for granted that um, when things are going well, God is in control, obviously. But when things don't go well, we wonder, well, why is this happening to me? And I think that's why I've liked this book so much because um, uh, I had a situation happen at my workplace uh, last Friday where uh, something didn't go uh, like uh, one of the customers would have wanted. And it's something we had to fix a certain particular way, and uh, he was not pleased with the solution. And uh, I remember talking to my wife about that later in the day. It wasn't a pleasant conversation, and I felt kind of bad that we disappointed uh, the person, but I told her I was doing all right. You know, usually I have <laughs> uh, the way the conversation went, I would have thought my attitude would have been a lot um, not good, very not good, let's put it that way. And uh, I told her I was reading Job uh, on Friday. And um, the thing is, you know, I fast forward to Sunday after having this conversation. I wake up Monday morning, and uh, because of the way the situation was handled Friday, I would have to do some more uh, work to uh, uh, work that was created by our solution. And I, as I got up Monday morning, I kept thinking, well, why did this happen? You know, why did this have to be this way? And then I thought about it, wait a minute, God knew this would happen. And then I thought, wait, God allowed this to happen. So here I am kind of almost feeling uh, dejected and almost complaining about the situation, but yet God was in control of it. He allowed it to happen. And I'm the one, I'm the one that was being formed. I'm the one that was being tried and Refined. Nowhere near the example of Job. I, you know, I'll say that right now. But, you know, the little things, I think, that we sometimes bother us, maybe that's God doing that. And we have to understand that it's not for our pain specifically, but, you know, God's glory is greater than our comfort. God's glory is greater than our comfort. Because we know that, you know, back in chapter 1, it wasn't about Job. It was about God's glory and God saying, you know, Job is faithful to me, not because of all his blessings that he has. It's because of, you know, who I am. It's not because I give him this, but it's because of who I am. I am being God. So, anyone else? Rose. You mentioned that you were 
That's a very good point, Rose. Uh, just knowing that God knows and then God allows. And that's the other point that I'll touch on here at the end. So uh, let's finish up here, this chapter here. Uh, verse 13. Uh, but he is unique, and who can make him change? So Job, before I go on here, Job talks about here at the beginning, wanting to meet with God, wanting to present his case. And he knows why, because he has followed his way. But Job here at the end, Job is afraid. Job is afraid. But he is unique, and who can make him change? And whatever his soul desires, that he does. As we said, God knows, and whatever God wants to have done will be done. For he performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore, I am terrified at his presence. When I consider this, I am afraid of him. For God made my heart weak, and the Almighty terrifies me, because I was not cut off from the presence of darkness, and he did not hide hide deep darkness from my face. So we hear we have the transition uh, that Job is afraid because why? God is unchangeable, and whatever he desires, God is going to do. Remember I said, God's glory is greater than our comfort. And, you know, God is in control, and we are not. So, um, you know, the final points I wanted to make here in this chapter here is if you are suffering currently, um, I can't give you an answer as, as to specifically why, uh, but I want to encourage you, if you look at this book and if you look at Job, what can you do? One is to be steadfast and cling to God's word. Because as we see here, you know, we've gone through, uh, you know, we're in 23rd chapter in, and we see these debates going on between Job and his friends. They don't know why Job is going through what he's going through. And so, you know, I can't tell you I know specifically why you're going through suffering or trials right now. Sometimes I don't know when it happens to me. But you can be steadfast, and we can cling to God's word. And the other thing uh, Rosie had mentioned, there's a difference between knowing that we know that God knows, but the hard, difficult part of being a Christian is knowing that God allowed it. And um, I just wanted to look at two verses of Scripture here in the New Testament because um, I think they give great examples on this last point of God allowing certain things that we don't understand why. Um, let's see here. James, first one is in the book of James, and chapter 5, verse 11. Apologize for the length of time. My uh, New King James Version is, some of the New Testament is falling out of it, and that's why I didn't bring it. And uh, the lag in me getting to the certain verses is showing. So 511. Um, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. Ye have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So here we have uh, Job referencing James here. And we see here that God did have a purpose intended, but Job never knew it. And um, talks about the perseverance of Job and seeing the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So we see God's characteristics. Even though Job had gone through what he'd gone through, 
the Lord characteristics never change there. Compassion and mercy. The other passage of scripture I want to take us to is in the book of John, uh, chapter 6. And I think this clearly explains um, how do we handle the difficulty of knowing that God allows uh, certain things that we don't understand. So, uh, John 6, this is about um, the passage where Jesus preaches uh, the sermon on being the bread of life. And it's a very difficult teaching uh, to the people that hear it. And some people depart after hearing this. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 60. It says, uh, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, this, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who, did, who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? And this verse here, uh, these last few verses, um, why, you know, how do we handle what God allows? And as a Christian, I can, my perfect example summary statement would be what uh, Peter says here. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Where can we go as Christians? I mean... We trust the Lord. We're going to go to Him. Where else can we go? There's, so, you know, it, and that's what, Job, that's what Job did. Job didn't go anywhere else. He trusted in the Lord, as we can see here. He talks about wanting to meet Him, wanting to present His case. And, um, you know, the difference between knowing what God knows and dealing with what God allows. Uh, you know, trusting Him because where, where can we go? It's, it's only the Lord and Him alone. Um, so those two points, how can we deal with the suffering that we're going through? Uh, one, to be steadfast and cling to God's word. And I think because of that, you know, our trust grows in him. And because of that, we, we, we stay with him, you know, because we know that he is uh, with us. And uh, to that, just want to end here as we end this section here on uh, Job 23, uh, just finishing up from that commentary here. We talked about... Um, a horror in reading the story of Job and it being a personal horror. Uh, and the uh, author here says, But there is one difference. We lived after the cross of Christ and therefore after the fulfillment of the story of Job. In the cross of Christ, God has disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Jesus and his cross. Uh, Colossians 2.15 Through his death, Jesus will destroy the one who has the power of death that is a devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And that's from Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And the author ends this statement here very well. The cross changes things. So. Any other questions or comments before we close? Rose.
Exactly. And uh, that's why uh, great points that arose. And, uh, you know, like I said, First Peter uh, 1, uh, 6 through 9, uh, state that right there. Uh, verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So. All right, with that, let's close. Oh. With that, uh, I'll close up in prayer, and we will be doing prayer here. Uh, for anyone that wants to come up and pray. And uh, let's go to the prayer here. Uh, Lord, uh, we give you thanks just for uh, the book of Job, Lord, and just for your word. I pray, Lord, uh, for the body here, myself included, Lord, that um, uh, we would treasure your words more important than anything else in our life, Lord. Uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would cling to you and that we would be steadfast in you. And, Lord, um, uh, as we go through this book, I pray, Lord, that uh, your Holy Spirit would just strengthen us, encourage us, Lord, uh, to be more in your word, and also, Lord, to be um, uh, able to share with those uh, that are suffering right now to comfort them. And, Lord, also to uh, give those that don't know you, Lord, uh, your word as well so that they may believe. Amen. All right. Like I said, we'll do prayer here to uh, close the service. Other than that, thank you very much.